SMPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme, some trivia, and menu items you can enjoy while having your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is put on your romance and shoes. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and our first movie is Dirty Dancing from 1987. And the plot, because I did not like either of the plots that were <laughs> online. They were either like inaccurate or way too long, so I just... Took a screenshot of the cover box. Okay. <laughs> which I hadn't even thought of like for so long since we don't go to physical stores. Mm-hmm. To think about like looking at the cover box always has a description of the plot. That's true. On it. So it's funny because it's a little different, you know, it's kind of like looking back uh, on it. But so Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey star in this beloved coming of age story set against the backdrop of a Catskill Mountains resort during the summer of 1963. Drawn to the staff quarters by the sound of stirring music, vacationing 17-year-old baby meets rebellious Johnny, the hotel dance instructor, who is as experienced as Baby is naive. Baby becomes Johnny's <laughs> pupil in dance and in love in this heartwarming, spirit-lifting movie that continues to captivate generations of movie fans around the world. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> no, that's why I chose this one. Uh, and our second movie is Strictly Ballroom from 1992, directed by Baz Luhrmann. Scott Hastings, played by Paul Mercurio, is a top ballroom dancer who pairs with a plain left-footed local girl, Fran, played by Tara Morris, when his maverick style earns him the disdain of his more conventionally-minded colleagues. Together, the two try to win the Australian Pan-Pacific Championships and show the Ballroom Confederation that they are wrong when they say there are no new steps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you can stream Strictly Ballroom with ads on Pluto TV, or it's available for rent on Prime and Apple and all the other things. <laughs> Places to find movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dirty Dancing was $1.99 on Amazon. Yeah. All right. So in common. So, well, we both uh, hadn't seen Strictly Ballroom, right? That's true. Yeah. Um, so we based this just on what we knew about the movies, which was that they are dance movies that uh, also include a romance between the two leads so obviously they have that in common <laughs> they do have that in common also the the very basic plot is the same of uh, this experienced male dancer who mm-hmm. wants to break dancing conventions yeah and has uh, a partner who like a, a female partner who he has to teach dance Danced. to who yeah. is, is not an experienced dancer themselves and they fall in love. And they fall in love. Yes. Um, although I would say the dance is much more central to Strictly Ballroom than it is to Dirty Dancing. It, like, I feel like there's a lot more happening in Dirty Dancing than just yeah. the dance stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it it's dance is more of an excuse to get our leads together in that movie. Um, whereas dance is the whole point uh, in strictly ballroom yeah but uh we get some great um romeo and julia vibes from both of these as well because the families uh at least one of them does not approve of the union (laughs) yeah i mean and both whether it's like the the romance or the partnership Mm -hmm. i feel like both sets of parents are 
not really approving and kind of putting unfair expectations on their their kids for a variety of, of reasons yes. and stuff. Um, oh, and they both end in a group dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> a big group dance. As every yeah. dance movie should, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we get uh, dance montages as they're, you know, it, it's pretty standard as they're learning and getting better as the partner is anyway. Um, and also becoming more, you know, romantic uh, throughout the montage. So dance montage as a romantic montage, I guess. Yes. Anyway. yes. Yeah. <laughs> there are some good uh, twirly dresses also <laughs> in there. That was like the first thing I wrote down when we started Strictly Ballroom was like the first dance. And then I wrote down a note about her hair, which we'll talk about later. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, good outfits. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I also just realized as I was reading uh, or making like, the the thing, Fran is the name of the woman in both cases. In oh, yeah, Francis. Yeah. Francis and Fran. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. We've got a fairly uh, similar structure with the dancing as well, where there's sort of a midway like big dance that they're supposed to do that doesn't quite go the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Because then we've got to save it for her you know the end the finale yeah (laughs) and it's like this competition i will say in comparing the two movies i feel like dirty dancing is a much more realistic portrayal of the dancing world than strictly ballroom is as far as like in strictly ballroom there's a lot of like very last minute partner changes and we've got to you know just get out there and 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 dance like no rehearsal for a specific dance it's just they do general rehearsal of different dances and then uh, I guess in the competition form you just do whatever (laughs) yeah there's a lot more drama also in Strictly Bottom as far as changing partners Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess the gossip of like getting the partners and and stuff like that yeah Uh, and yeah the um the whole I'm going to do my kind of dance and, you know, uh, thing, which is certainly there in Dirty Dancing, much more central to the plot in uh, Strictly Ballroom. Uh, he really, it's the, it's the whole thing, really, is <laughs> yes. what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, that's causing the whole uproar with his family who, like, own a dance studio and just want him to do what he needs to do to win the competition. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, Strictly Ballroom, it's, it's the dancing that he wants to do differently and... In Dirty Dancing, it's more the whole message of speaking up for yourself yes. and kind of like doing what you want to do and like getting the freedom to do that and standing out and not being like pushed down by by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar themes uh, for both of them. It's just that it's more t- closely tied to the dance in Strictly Ballroom than it is in uh, Dirty Dancing. Yes. More of a... Um, just a metaphor in dirty dancing whereas it's like straight <laughs> text in uh yes text rather than subtext which is ball. funny to me also because it stands out to me much more in dirty dancing that's like this is not what he's supposed to be doing where right. in strictly ballroom I'm like i don't know enough about dance <laughs> to know that this is different than what he's supposed to be it's flashy doing it's crowd pleasing which means it's bad only the outfits can be flashy only the makeup yeah, yeah, I don't, I, as a person with with some experience with dance, yes. not with ballroom dancing, admittedly, but with some experience with dance, I can't really think of <laughs> a, a situations in a competition uh, format where 
it would be bad to do crowd pleasing moves. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but uh, maybe maybe the ballroom game is a is a whole is a whole other thing. It could be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Be much more traditional or conservative or something like that. I didn't um, do any of that research, so I believe Baz later. Luhrmann had some experience in ballroom, so maybe this was something that he came up against. <laughs> Um, but yes, it is funny to see them, you know, it still comes across, I feel like in the movie. Yeah. Um, even if to, they even say in the dialogue, like, well, maybe, maybe a layman couldn't tell what's wrong with these steps, but for an experienced ballroom person, you know. (laughs) And I suppose they are not being judged by a crowd. They are, it is based purely on a panel of, of judges. Yeah. So should we talk about Dirty Dancing? Yeah. As far as like talking points, the politics yes. of the movie. <laughs> this is a very topical movie to be watching right now. Yes. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So I, <laughs> for a variety of reasons, it's just constant things. <laughs> um, but first, uh, so the, the class struggle mm-hmm. of, the, of the movie before we get to all the abortion stuff. <laughs> um, so Miranda Garrison the assistant choreographer for the movie, she, there's, uh, oh, the movies that made us did a whole episode on Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. Which is a good episode. Uh, but she was talking about, she says, like, the class struggle would be three dances with within the movie. They actually have in the movie. So she's like, the grinding, the dirty dancing would reflect the underclass, the wealthy people upstairs doing the family foxtrot, and then in between you have Johnny Castle and Penny being the exhibition dance team with aspirations to mm. kind of, like, separate it that way. Um, And so the... The dancers in this movie are just treated like garbage, just like just a real like lower class group of people. Uh, Kellerman and his son talk badly behind their backs to others about them in front of them and directly to their face, mm-hmm. just openly and not even trying to like sugarcoat it, just flat out, just horrible things about them. Um, and Robbie. The waiter, he even, he gets Penny pregnant. And right. it's because she is this dancer, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to acknowledge it. He can say that, you know, like, oh, it could be somebody else's. In no way is a problem for him. Whereas, like, if he, like, Lisa was planning on sleeping with him, if he got Lisa pregnant, yeah, that would be a huge deal. <laughs> and he would be fired for getting one of the guests pregnant and then just trying to do nothing about it. But he can do it because Penny's just a dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Baby coming to the resort, who's this very idealistic person. And she's, yeah, she's very young. So she just doesn't see these social classes because she comes from money. And she just doesn't, she doesn't see them. And then because I feel like she has this idea, like, put in, you know, her head by her father that, like, all people are equal. And so she wants to speak up and do something when she sees somebody in trouble. And then that's when she realizes also that, like, oh, that's not what my, what my father means. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like, uh, yeah, he may have taught her these ideals, but it doesn't mean he lives by them. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like it's just, it's so sad when he's just, like, you're not the person I thought you were, baby. Right. And it's just like, ah. Oh. And then later, you know, when she Ugh. gets him back and she's like, you know, like, you let me down too. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's crying. And so, um, yeah. So just all, all of that, like her learning about that. And then even when she tries to help Johnny later when he's accused of stealing wallets from the guests. And she's like, no, it's, you know, it's the, the wealthy elderly couple there. Kellerman is not willing to acknowledge 
that that's what it would be. And even when it's found out that it is the wealthy older couple, they still fire Johnny anyway. He's not right. allowed to, to come back. So Because he was fraternizing with the guests or yes. whatever. Yeah. So so that whole thing. And then and then we can come to uh, abortion, which at the time, <laughs> and once again, is illegal. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, you know, that goes terribly, terribly wrong. I love the the fact that he straight up asks baby, it's not for something illegal, is it? And you just <laughs> see in her face like uh. <laughs> no daddy <laughs> of course not <laughs> if you haven't seen dirty dancing and you're just aware that the movie exists out there you would never think that the entire plot uh, hinges on an abortion yeah got an illegal abortion gone wrong and then uh just a, a guest <laughs> this resort that has to like fill in um as as a dancer yeah. i think which was a surprise to producer ryan when he saw this film <laughs> for the first time a few weeks ago uh Clearasil was actually supposed to be a sponsor of the film mm-hmm. they were only going to be a sponsor if they took out the abortion scene and the writer of the film she wouldn't do it yeah. she was like no she's constructed this film in a way that you cannot take it out mm-hmm. the entire plot falls apart um and she had said the reason that, it, that it's in there it's so important she's like it's about how tragic it is if you don't have choice mm-hmm. so which, yeah. because a lot of people saw it coming, they're like, we have it now, but that's not a guarantee that we will always have it. And yay, look where we are. Yeah. <laughs> so everything is the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on a happier note, I also wanted to talk about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and the writer... Uh, Eleanor Bergstein, she, so she was really involved within the making of the, the film as the writer, and I'm going to talk about her more later, but she also hand-selected the music for the film. Before they ever, like, got, like, approval or anything like that, she's like, she made a soundtrack to go with the movie, and she would not compromise on wanting these specific songs for the movie, mm-hmm. and they did not know how they were going to pay for them <laughs> or get these songs, and in the end, she completely got her way and got all the songs that she wanted. Nice. Um, but it worked out because... <laughs> Um, the soundtrack that is a mixture of like oldies and then new songs for the movie, including She's Like the Wind uh, by Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and I've Had the Time of My Life, which won Best Song at the Oscars that year. Um, but it, so it sold 32 million copies. It was number one on the Billboard album charts for 18 weeks and went platinum 14 times. It is the third best-selling soundtrack of all time behind The Bodyguard, which sold 45 million, and Saturday Night Fever, which sold 40 million copies. Wow. It actually has it has sold more copies than the Titanic soundtrack and the Grease soundtrack. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the soundtrack. And then some trivia for the film, because it all just kind of bleeds together. But so the budget for the film was $6 million. Wait, before we get to that, oh, I yes, just sorry. Wanna... <laughs> yes, any points that you wanted to talk I just want to give a shout out to uh, when uh, What's-His-Name gives Baby the Ayn Rand book, because I've never seen <laughs> just such a pointed, like... <laughs> example of how to write this character is a fuckboy and just capital letters on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> and it remains hilarious to this day. Yeah. And he gets his comeuppance. It's I yeah. feel like it's, it's really nice. It's it works so well. I feel like the movie is plotted so well to have like the rich like wife 
that wants to sleep with Patrick Swayze, mm-hmm. but then ends up sleeping with Robbie. And so then that's how she sees that baby is like sleeping with the person that she wants to sleep with. So she gets him called out, which gets him fired. <laughs> and then Robbie just mentions at the, you know, like mentions it at the end. And so he gets burned and doesn't get, okay, that's a question. Yeah. At the end, when Jerry Orbach is handing him an envelope, handing Robbie an envelope, like thinking it's like, oh, good luck at medical school. Mm-hmm. What do you think is in that envelope? I guess I assumed it was money. Okay. I thought it was money too. <laughs> and I always thought that it was money. And then when watching it with producer Ryan, he had mentioned because Jerry Orbach is a doctor and Robbie wants to go to medical school. Like, could it be a letter of recommendation? Oh, I guess it could be. I don't know. And I, re- I had never thought about that. Yeah. Like, would it be weird to just give cash to your waiter at a resort that you went to? I don't know. But it weird. So I was thinking it was sort of like a tip slash yeah. good luck in the future yeah. type mentorship thing. I don't know. Hmm. It could be a little recommendation. Yeah. So I, yeah, no idea. I sort of, yeah, you need to ask the screenwriter on that one. <laughs> All right, do you have anything else you want to talk about before I go to trivia? Oh, just a shout out, because every time I watch this movie, I forget that Emily Gilmore plays the mom. Um, (laughs) And I love that she uh, stops Jerry Orbach from uh, stopping the dance in the finale. Just like, she doesn't have much of a personality in this movie. No. But you can absolutely tell that she's a mom who's like, oh no, this is the most romantic moment of my daughter's life. You're not going (laughs) to interrupt it. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> baby learned her moves from her. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what she got it from her. So the budget for, was, for the movie was $6 million, and then it made worldwide $214 million. And so the writer, Eleanor Bergstein, she was, this is, she really emphasizes this is not a story about her life, but her nickname was Baby. Mm. She would go to the Catskills on vacations with her parents. Her father was a nice doctor. And she would go to basements and dirty dance. And then she wanted also the actress cast as Baby to look like her. Um, And she even had the input, and this isn't like about her, but she wanted the character of Johnny to have hooded eyes. It was like really important to her. And then she really wanted Patrick Swayze. And she got him. Okay, so... So she's lying then <laughs> about it not being her I, I, life. <laughs> so I don't know. I, like, and she picked the whole soundtrack. I could not believe how much that, control. Or she just had a crush on a dancer <laughs> at one point. Yeah. So in maybe, the maybe that's why it's not her story because yeah. maybe she doesn't know someone that had an abortion. <laughs> right. And, but, you know, she probably had some sort of romance with some, at some point. So. But uh, yeah. And then, oh, the tickling scene. Where they're mm-hmm. like practicing dancing and he's like running his hand down her arm. That's real. Yeah. So, <laughs> I had heard that one before. Yeah. I had not, I had not heard and about, about that. about Patrick Swayze getting legitimately annoyed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then you can stay. So the, the whole filming wasn't only 14 days, but they only had 14 days to film at the Mountain Lake Lodge. Like the resort, which was, you know, like the, the resort in the Catskills for the, for the movie. So you can go there and have like a dirty dancing weekend <laughs> so they're sold out for 2022 these dirty dancing weekends you can still obviously stay there what is involved in a dirty dancing so weekend? uh there's six weekends scheduled for 2023 where you can book a dirty dancing themed weekend package which includes breakfast lunch and dinner dirty dancing themed uh scavenger hunt dirty dancing trivia 
group dance lessons, a dance party uh, on Friday and Saturday, and then like a full weekend of themed events. There is actually a schedule kind of like there is, you know, in the movie where it seems like they have, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a set schedule. Yeah, activities. Which, yes, which may normally not be like how I would want to do a vacation, but this sounds really fun as like an <laughs> idea of like, oh, like in Dirty Dancing. So, you know, like it's a Friday, Saturday, and like Sunday. So Saturday, it's all right. Like 8 to 10 is breakfast. 10.30 to 11 is like Dirty Dancing trivia. 11 to 12 is a scavenger hunt. 12 to 2 is picnic. 1 to 2.30 is lawn games. And then it's like group dancing lessons and lawn games and dinner and like a dance party and stuff. So it's fun to have just like that set schedule. What I do not see on here uh, and should be included is where they just try on wigs. <laughs> because that apparently is something that you do at a resort. It's like you just have like the, the scheduled thing where you just you just try on different wigs. Yeah, that would be super fun, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why that's not on there. And yeah. then if you don't stay on like one of those particular weekends, but you still wanted to go, you can get the Kellerman's film package, which includes like it's two nights of lodging. You get like a souvenir glass, a Kellerman souvenir glass, a Kellerman beach towel. You get to see like a special screen of the movie. You get still get to do a scavenger hunt and then you get a $200 dining credit. So like you can really go to this lodge like any random weekend and still do this package or you can do one of the other like proper scheduled film packages like for those those weekends. Oh. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what I have written down. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Strictly Ballroom? Yes. All right. Well, let's start, I guess, with... <laughs> We have a sort of um, an ugly duckling turned, you know, beautiful swan story yeah. in this in this movie. For some reason, <laughs> I'm I don't feel like it's really necessary. Fran, who is the you know the the dance partner who wants who wants to dance with Scott and do the dancing his way, is a beginner. And the first time we see her, they've just gone full like <laughs> frizzy hair and acne all over her face and it's actually kind of funny i was thinking about how standardized the sort of ugly duckling styling is in these movies in like the 90s and early early aughts it's like it's always a brunette with frizzy hair usually in a low ponytail (laughs) because high ponytails are for hot girls and (laughs) (laughs) and they've given her like a unibrow uh glasses that are way you know the frames are way too big for her face (laughs) it's just like every single time yeah (laughs) and usually you get some sort of like makeover montage that doesn't happen in this movie no it's a very gradual transition as like she becomes a better dancer she just also becomes prettier (laughs) yeah that just happens (laughs) can you tell me at one point so because she dances by herself is she dancing with salt? What is she pouring on the floor in that? There's like a scene. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but she's like know. pouring out a box of something on the ground, like in the middle of the dance lesson and they don't explain it. No. And I have no idea what's happening there. I'm not sure. I think I assumed it was like a, a space thing, like watching where your feet are landing or something like that but i don't know okay because i feel like they'd also just try to make her weird yeah (laughs) um but yeah so they they give us just very standard like oh she's ugly and then then she just it gets prettier even though she's clearly like a thin you know 
great bone structure like yeah you're not really <laughs> yeah ever really fooled about <laughs> how attractive this girl is but. she's also not i feel like a terrible dancer either where no. like baby has to completely start from scratch mm-hmm. yeah they, she's been doing it for how long does she, she, she say I don't remember, but it's just like, oh, she just gets knocked out, you know, to the... Yeah, she's just one of the beginning dancers yeah. at the studio, um, whereas he's been dancing since he was six years old. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about the... It was a weird thing, because usually if you do that, you do have like the makeover scene where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, someone's going to help her or like, uh, I thought, all right, well, she's going to go and compete. That, like, before you do that, because you would need to have, you know, like, a different Stage outfit. Stage makeup and, like, and makeup. stuff. Yes, that yeah. there would be that. And then there wasn't. It was, yeah, it was this real gradual thing. And, again, like, she's not starting from scratch as a dancer. She was already, like, there in the group, you know, not necessarily to be, like, selected from. Because, again, they make her weird because she's dancing <laughs> with a box or something. She's pouring on a floor <laughs> where everybody else is dancing. But, yeah. Which I feel like is, you know in a way it's fine I don't know if you had to really like make her ugly to then make her pretty but I guess so that it's supposed to be this choice that is made and not like oh I'll just take her like it's just right. like as so it's not just the easy transition you know she's yeah. no Tina Sparkle so <laughs> who amongst us is yeah. <laughs> oh can we also talk about his original dance partner mm-hmm. her hair <laughs> is like there's something about mary like to the extreme plus rhinestones, rhinestones. and i couldn't believe it she and wasn't she, the only one with that style no either. i know and she, <laughs> she kept having it i was just like i have never seen that before maybe it was a thing in australia <laughs> well all the clothes i mean the the clothes i feel like um this movie is very different from Boslerman's other movies and that i feel like this is a clear starter like starting off point mm-hmm. for him it doesn't quite have the extreme, you know, editing, like cutting and stuff like that. Maybe the others do. But it's like you can see the, the blueprints of, yeah. it, of it there. Not quite. I was surprised how much of it there was, though. I think I was expecting a lot less because yeah. it's his first film. I wasn't expecting quite as much of the Baz style as there is in this yeah. movie. It's It feels like Baz, you know, with an extremely low budget, which yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and and the editing is not quite as as yeah. crazy yeah. as it's gotten, but we still have these very over the top sort of camp performances, the low camera angles, the like, <laughs> you know, close ups as the, these people are like, you know, freaking out and at all times it seems like yes. that's something, and then like extreme like costumes and makeup. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but you also have some really beautiful shots the the, even like right at the beginning the sort of the silhouettes of the dancers coming out i really loved um you have the them dancing on the rooftop we love a rooftop Mm -hmm. shot (laughs) the coca-cola billboard in the background (laughs) yes um but then you like sweep under to uh, i think this is at the end of the dancing montage and you sweep under into the studio and you see his father dancing yeah uh which is very cool yeah the 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 baz style is is present but not yet um fully formed yes <laughs> yeah i know i i had producer ryan because it was just romeo and juliet was his next yeah movie so four years later and it is there like yeah. it is extremely <laughs> present from like minute one and so after watching strictly ballroom i had ryan just watch the opening <laughs> and i was like we go right from right one to from the other one to, yeah yeah i know i was like i double checked his imdb because i was like this is 
is Romeo and Juliet his next movie? Was it something between these two? And no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he did some TV spots uh, or something. Yeah, there something. was, like, something in there. But, yeah, it wasn't, like, a, a feature-length movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And it makes me wonder if, if maybe he had to rein in his... Uh, his new steps, his style for this movie a bit oh. <laughs> because he wasn't yet Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's about himself. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I did want to mention Paso Doble because when that happens in the movie, I was like, I don't know what Paso Doble is. Uh, it, it's when he goes to, um, he leaves the midway competition to go after Fran and meets up with her at her family's like uh, party that they're having, and they're like, "Who's this guy?" You know, originally disapproving, yes. but his but her family comes around, which is nice. Um, and they, you know, he says that he's a dancer, and then he says he's going to do Paso Doble, and then they all laugh at the white boy doing Paso Doble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Paso Doble is a fast-paced Spanish military march used by infantry troops. Its speed allowed troops to give 120 steps per minute, double the average of a regular unit, hence its name. The march gave rise to a, a traditional Spanish dance, a uh, musical genre including both voice and instruments, and a genre of instrumental music often played during bullfight. So it's it's got a whole lot of meanings. <laughs> yeah. But uh, obviously he, he's talking about the dance. Um, it says both the dance and the non-martial compositions are also called Paso Doble. I, I, I think I get it now. <laughs> I wish I had known, like maybe if they had kind of set up Paso Doble before, because it feels like such an, a, a turning point in the movie. And yeah. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I've heard of it before, and I don't know if that's from maybe watching So You Think You Can Dance, but I had no, oh. I only thought it was a dance. I did not realize that it, it could be anything else. Yeah. Um, but I do like, I like the sort of, um, the contrast really between them and when they're doing their dance practicing at her family's place with them. And the, mm -hmm. it's just so warm and familial yes. and everything. And then you got to the characters at the studio who were just so over the top and stressful and, and crazy. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't even know why they want to compete in these competitions. <laughs> like, yeah, just just go have fun doing your dance. Yeah, it's there. not about the, the joy of it yeah. or like what you would. Yeah, what what you want. It's like, no, you have to do this so that you will win. Mm hmm. Um, speaking of, uh, yeah, the, um, the whole thing is so stressful in those moments, in the dance competition moments. And I noticed in particular the, the final, uh, dance competition when, you know, if we were, the father's trying to tell him that like the, the, the story that he was told is false and he has to go and get Fran and everything. It felt very similar to the finale of Moulin Rouge <laughs> to me yeah. and that there's just like a whole lot of shenanigans going on around this you know performance of some kind yes. and at the same time you've got this like big emotional like revelation happening and <laughs> and it's all like just up it's like turned to 11 the stress of this yeah. scene for me same thing in Moulin yes. Rouge yes uh, and it feels like it, almost like this was like a, a trial run for what he yeah. ultimately <laughs> wanted to do for that one Oh, also, sorry to skip by this, but I love the the, the whole flashback sequence that's done in like oh, this yeah. theatrical manner with um, the actor playing his father, like, <laughs> and all of them in like this super theatrical makeup, and you've got the curtain and everything. I thought that was a really cool way to do it. That 
I haven't really seen before or or since, I guess. No, yeah, because they use the same actors versus younger yeah. younger actors. When we were watching it, and we were watching Doug, and I was like, it looks like he has a fake belly. <laughs> I was like, that's odd. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're going to go back. We're going to go back in time, and he's going to be younger and yeah. a dancer when he's <laughs> younger. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I've got. Did you have any... Oh, do you have trivia? Yes, I have some trivia. Yes, I don't have any. I don't have any other points. Yes, I think for that strictly I, boner. Yes, yeah. Okay. So for trivia: the first scene they filmed was the big finale uh, at the dance competition, and it was filmed at a real dance competition during the one-hour lunch break. This is according to IMDb trivia. Wow. <laughs> Which uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> why not? Um, this is the first part of the Red Curtain trilogy, which uh, includes Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge, which we already mentioned. Um, the only one that uh, didn't receive an Oscar nomination, though. Uh, though Paul Mercurio, I'm sorry, that name, (laughs) was a dancer. He danced ballet, not ballroom. Um, and after landing the role, he attended a six-week boot camp to learn choreography. And, uh... Oh, uh, Baz Luhrmann participated in the types of ballroom dancing competitions shown in this movie. Um, and the movie began as an improvised play featuring Luhrmann, which was later performed at the Sydney Theatre Company. So huh. I guess, like, it started... I've, my understanding is it started as, like, this little play that was sort of done, and then it was written as an actual stage production, and then it was done as a movie. Huh. I'd like to see him dance. Yeah, uh, and that's what I got. Should we do food stuff? Yeah. Uh, so for Dirty Dancing, uh, and I guess like the 60s and what's popular and stuff, I did not want to make a jello salad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but how fun would that be? It would be fun, but I wouldn't want to eat it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and like separately in... In, well, you know, and I'll go. So first, actually, what I'm going to make is because of like cocktail parties becoming popular and stuff at the time, and like food on skewers is going to do uh, watermelon and feta yes. skewer. And I was going to say food. it's got to be watermelon. <laughs> yeah, that's like the main the main thing there. Yeah, so uh, watermelon and feta skewers that are like a baby bite size. Hey, um, baby watermelons. <laughs> and then just as like a separate thing, when I was looking stuff up. I found out that lemon bars became popular in 1963. Oh. So they originally uh, were published in the Chicago Daily Tribune by Eleanor Mickelson, another Eleanor. So like the lemon bars and the writer of Dirty Dancing, but totally different different Eleanors. <laughs> but uh, so that's where they originally published, but they became popular because in 1963, Betty Crocker's Cookie Cookbook came out and that is what popularized mm. the lemon bar in 1963. Nice. Um, there's very little food in Strictly Ballroom, um, at least that I noticed. Yeah, chops was the only other thing I had written down besides Coca-Cola. They mentioned chops at one point. Ah. So. Um, yeah, and I feel like there is a picture of something at, uh, her, the party that her family is throwing. I don't know what it was, but I've... You know, they're Spanish, so you could maybe make some Spanish food and some Australian food if you want to, like, yeah. bring it together. So, like, sangria or salsa and chips also, which is also yeah. dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for Australian, I don't know, like, Vegemite. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like I tried to look up Australian food, but all it is is like basically British food. <laughs> so okay. it's like pub food. Yeah. So um, yeah, <laughs> not a whole lot to choose from. That was not to say I don't mean to like rag on Australians. I'm sure you can get very good food in Australia, but yeah. there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of like unless you want to eat like uh, the little like grubs that <laughs> they get from the bush. Um, like <laughs> that was the thing that I looked up. <laughs> they were like na- native foods to Australia, and they'll they'll eat the grubs, and they're they're apparently pretty tasty. But <laughs> you went down an interesting rabbit hole. I did. Most of it is just you know stuff from uh, other cultures. So <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, my question to you. Oh, yeah. So you took ballet. Mm. Did you take other classes besides ballet? Tap, jazz, modern. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I was going to ask you, of the, like, the dancing that you haven't done, what would you want to know how to do? Like, if you could pick oh. a dance to know how to do, what would you want to do? Um, I've done a tiny bit of swing dancing in my time, but it was very fun, and I would like to do – I would like to – learn how to do more swing dancing I feel like it's a really yeah just just fun <laughs> yeah dance form that you can kind of bust out at parties you know and uh, be impressive you can make yourself a nice twirly dress yeah for that that too <laughs> what about you so uh if I take I, I don't I don't dance uh, <laughs> as you know but if I did if I could just uh, take away like the just insert some sort of talent into right. my body I would want to either know ballet or hip hop. Okay. I don't think that's something I can really like learn, you know, uh, but uh, yes, that's what I would, I would choose. All right. So, yeah. Um, all right. Anything else before we wrap up? I think that's it. Okay. Then do you want to tell people where they can find us and what the theme for the next episode is? Sure. So you can find us at movie underscore matchup on Instagram and some of our recipes on sugarnerd.com. And tune in next time when our theme will be, when you're done with something, blow it up. And as always, a life lived in fear is a life half lived.